You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for Pretty Gory. You may experience swearing, violence, and sexual situations that you engage in often, hopefully never, and only in your dreams. Parents need to watch your children. They could learn more than you want them to. Within, the world was dying. Greed for gain and violence flourished. Honor and nobility were profaned, for lies and unrestrained consumption were made sacred. The light of the unconquered sun turned bloated and red, and its blood flowed freely, and mankind continued to hasten its own death. Amidst the obsidian towers, poor haunted wastelands, and shadowed tombs of this aged world, those who looked behind the tattered sorrows woke to the sounds of steel on steel, and knew now was the time when mankind would either fall to its own insignificance or become as them. Beyond the boundaries of dualities, freed from the shackles of their baseness and their forgotten nobility, without and within, the world was dying, and among the Tatars, crimson things began to move. Broken Sea Audio Productions presents The Sword of the Crimson Tatters, Arc 1, The Sword is Forged. Chapter 1, Heirs Apparent. Beyond the first star, beyond the second star, there is no one's destiny. Beyond the third star, there is no one who crawls. Beyond the fourth star, there is no one who swans. Beyond the fifth star, there is no one who manifests. Beyond the sixth star, there is no one who crawls. Beyond the seventh star, there is no one who makes stories. You are an idiot. I, who have caught and hogtied you, am not an idiot. And I'm currently considering cutting you painfully if you don't shut the hell up. 
That's better. Prince Rotter will still pay the bounty if you're a bit cut up, so don't piss me off. Do you really think I'm stupid enough to ungag a sorcerer? I mean, really? Even with the life leech feeding off you, you're too damn lively for my What the? I'm tired. Hunting spiders. All right. Come on, then. Go to hell. Shit. There's too many. Too damn many. I can stop them. I'm trying to revolt them. Still getting into trouble, eh, Daxon? Good thing I'm an ace shot with crossbow. Lorak? And I have some. <laughs> Flaming oil. <laughs> right. Fire won't stop them for long. What are you doing here? Shut up and ride, Daxon. Ah! I'll be surprised if they follow us this far from their den. I can rest here a while and let the horses drink from the stream. So how long have you been following me anyway? <laughs> Since you left the Plains of Sin. I kept hearing tales of a bounty hunter. I caught a dangerous sorcerer and was taking him to the city of messengers to satisfy Prince Roderick's heart on for killing magicians. I knew it had to be you. Well, I am the best. Is that wine? Here. <laughs> I've been saving it for a reunion. Why? We never got along when we were part of the same company. You're not taking up the trade, are you? <laughs> Bounty hunting? Me? <laughs> no thanks. I'm an honest mercenary, and I'm certainly not interested in profiting by the Principality's death sentence against sorcery. The princes pay well. Prince Roderick especially. Oh, no. I've done jobs for Roddy before. <laughs> I'm curious, though. How do you justify bringing sorcerers into the principalities for their trials? Please, <laughs> Chatty one, isn't he? <sighs> what? What the hell is that? That thing on his neck? A life leech. It keeps sorcerers too weak to cast anything. Anyway, Prince Roderick pays well and doesn't ask any questions as long as they are legitimate sorcerers. Good riddance to bad rubbish before they become a problem and all that. This isn't a job for the squeamish. Fucking asshole. <laughs> Here. It's got you there. You are a fucking asshole. But you're never squeamish. I'll give you that, you vicious bastard. <laughs> and you're always the best tracker of all of us. Careful. You'll have me thinking you actually like me. So I'll ask again. What do you want from me, Lorak? <sighs> Just a sorcerer. Nothing more. I knew it. You lying son of a... Vicious, <laughs> but always a bit slow on the draw. Well, sorcerer. You're awfully quiet suddenly. So here's the deal. I need a bone master to help me on a job. 
The folks at the Plains of Sin told me you were the best they'd seen. Couldn't praise you enough. They also told me that Daxity captured you. <laughs> I don't know you or your city, but my instincts tell me that some of your neighbors might have helped you into that fix. Now, you have two choices. If you agree to help me, you get your freedom, half of whatever extra loot we find, and Daxit's horse and gear here. If you don't agree to help me, I'll leave you with this dagger and you'll have at least somewhat of a fighting chance to free yourself. <laughs> By the time you've gotten yourself free, I'll be long gone you can be on your merry little way. Or you're not really as good as they say. And, well, you'll die here. <sighs> so, can I count on your help? Um, yes. Good. <laughs> Let's get you out of all this. Thanks. Please, don't cut or pull the leech. I'm used to leeches. Just not this kind. Does fire work on these? Yes. I'm Axelrack, by the way. Bone Master, among other things. Good. And I didn't just kill Daxit over the wrong sorcerer. I'm Lorak. Hold still. I hate that. Ugly little cuss, isn't it? So, what's this job you killed your friend for? He's a cur who needed killing for years. I'll tell you everything in a while. But first, here, drink up. And I assume you're hungry. Dex's equipment and supplies are yours now. We'll rest tonight. Tomorrow we'll head out. Ah, thanks. I needed that. Um, I need to do something. I feel a bit... naked. When you said all his stuff is now mine, does that include his body? I suppose. Why? I'm a bone master, and therefore I'll be the most used to you with bones. And he threw mine off a cliff when we left the Plains of Sin. Huh. Jackass. Of course. <laughs> It'll be nice working with a... <laughs> professional again. Come on. Move. Damn it. Damn it, move. Don't make me sorry I didn't leave you to rot with Daxon's flesh. Come on. That's better. Looks like there's either a sandstorm or a ghost storm brewing to the east. Can't quite tell which, yet. How can you tell? It looks clear to me. Let's just say that an early warning on weather conditions is one of the services you get when working with a sorcerer. Yeah, fair enough. We're heading south once we reach the entrance to the canyon oasis anyway. So it shouldn't be an issue for us. Lorak, I have a question, but will you promise not to gut me? 
<laughs> I'll try and keep my murderous tendencies in check. <laughs> you find Prince Roderick's standing bounty on all sorcerers to be worthy of contempt, but you don't have a problem with stealing a symbolic crown for him. <laughs> Not at all. One's an honest job, the other isn't. Stealing is an honest job? It's not stealing. Grave robbing is stealing. I don't think someone who's been dead for centuries will mind. I wouldn't be too sure about that. And if he is upset, well, that's one of the reasons I wanted someone like you on this job. Roderick thinks claiming the crown of Emperor Edgard will unite the principalities. Yes, he's convinced he knows the location of the Emperor's tomb that whoever holds the crown will be able to claim dominion over the rest of the princes. Personally, I think he's naive and it'll just cause open hostilities among them. No one's going to give up their ambitions because someone has a piece of metal. But he pays well. No, he pays very well. <laughs> and he sent just one mercenary on this mission because... He said any official operation, even something small, would be noticed by spies. He thinks hiring a lone mercenary with a reputation for adventuring in forbidden lands is terribly clever on his part. It seems that both his paranoia and egomania is thriving then. Oh, there are other ways one can go about this mission, but as this way favors my coffers, I'm happy enough with it. Fair enough. May I ask you another question? <sighs> if you must. Don't look. But have you noticed that we've been followed by a hawk since breaking camp? No, you didn't mention this before because... I wasn't sure, but now I am. Right. But yes, it's definitely following us. What now, boss? <sighs> Can you tell me where it is? Directly behind us. Lower than a hawk should be when hunting and closer to us than it should be if it didn't want to be noticed. Good. Come on, let's see if it's still alive. And if we can get some answers. Come on. Yeah. Whoa. There it is. It's still thrashing. Let's see what we can find out. Why are you tying it up like that? I don't want him trying to get away. Now, let's see if Daxon's jawbone will help us out here. You don't need your talking bone, sorcerer. I'm more than happy to speak with you before my poor pet here dies. Who are you? Who are you? To the sorrows with you. I am Axelrak, bone master and magus of the tatters. Axelrak. Shit, time to go. Enjoy the surprise I sent to the mercenary. You're not leaving that body yet, little magician. I lost a lot of sleep last night making this rope a bit more than just rope. What? No. Skal altferna, okum doye. Shush, no incantations for you. Axelrak, what the hell are those? Ugh, blood silics. There are as many of them as all the people you've killed in your life. This isn't good. Just keep them away from me for a few minutes while I take care of our friend here. Come on, you slimy bastard. Oh, damn. 
Are those tentacles coming out of your eyes? I thrust you beyond the seventh sorcery, where the one who burrows lies. It who brought ruin of mind and the putrescence of flesh, who shakes the meat within the sorrows with the annihilation of self. Please. Not very bright, are you freaks? Axelrek, <laughs> are you finished there? Almost. I'm just putting the bird out of its misery. Now, let's see what we can do about these cells. They're surrounding me! Do you still have those canisters of flaming oil? In my saddlebag. Good. I'm gonna create a flaming circle around us to buy us a few minutes. I'm not sure I like this plan. Trust me. Great. Alright, the oil's ready. Jump into the circle. <clears throat> now what? Now be quiet while I set up some better defenses. Hagala we Hagala we Hagala we Hagala we Hagala we Hagala we Fire's dying. Why aren't they rushing us? I prepared a containment zone of sorts. Now, normally, it separates a magician from outside reality, so that a ritual can be performed without interference and heightening the efficacy of the magician's will and intent. But in this case, they can't find you within this zone. You see, the silix are drawn to your essence, the scent of your souls, if you will. And now we've masked that. So, do we stay here till they wander away? That wouldn't work. Our friend in the hawk cast a particularly nasty spell. One which required a personal link to you. Which means someone knows about Roderick's plans. Blood silics can't be stopped. And they'll hunt their prey down until they devour him. Body and souls. Great. Which means we'll just have to trick them into devouring someone else. Someone like poor old Daxid. Daxid's dead. Oh, very much so. But I kept his souls bound to his bones. Just in case. Just in case what? Souls can be used to give a bit more power to a working. A working carved into the bones in this case. And I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to torture that dog's souls a little bit. You keep saying souls. The Church of the Harbingers say we only have one soul. Don't talk to me about the Harbingers. They don't know anything. Except how to keep people asleep. I'm using the soul known as the Shade. It's the same part that informs the Silics themselves. The part that holds all the dark things we've done, or had done to us. Your Shade and your past deeds links you to them. You just have to throw them off your scent. And how do we do that? First, cut me a lock of your hair. And I'll find the right bone to use. Hmm. I don't think I need his coccyx. His what? His tailbone. Here. I've wrapped your hair around the bone, and now I'll fuse the two magically. And I'll just throw it over there. Is that Daxid screaming? Oh, yes. His torment didn't end with his life. That's harsh. Even for him. No one said death was fair. Lorak, we need to move. Right. Let's go.
it's safe now, but we should keep moving until... Don't ever hold information from me again. You knew that hawk was following us. If you had said something earlier, we might have... What? Would it have stopped a working that had been set in motion since whenever they got your hair, or soiled underpants, or whatever link they had on you? I don't know. I don't understand much of this magic shit. But I do know that I need to trust those I work with, or else... If not for me and my magic, you'd be dead and worse right now. I know. That's why you're getting this warning instead of a slit throat. Oh, you're welcome. Hell, uh, this doesn't seem good. Don't move. My men have you surrounded. See, Diderac? It is fun to say dramatic things like that. I'm quite upset at the two of you. You broke my wizard. I improved him. He might gain some wisdom, and in the meantime, you could hire him out as a dancing monkey. <laughs> On second thought, maybe not. Who are you? Princess Loden of Edar, my dear sellsword. Roderick really is an idiot if he thinks he can plan anything without me finding out about it. And if he thinks he can really get the old crown, well, I'd rather see the look on his face when he sees me wearing it. If its location is known, it will be the Principality of Adar, not Gend, which will benefit from it. Guards, take their weapons, bind them both, and make sure you gag the Bone Master until we're sure we've secured his bones. Aw, uh, not again. Yes, my lady. Now stay very still, both of you. Unless you want us to get rough with you. I've got some wonderful things planned for the two of you in my dungeons. Troops, let's ride. I want to make it back to Adar before that ghost storm hits us. Yeah! Sword of the Crimson Tatters, Episode 1, Heirs Apparent, was written and created by Lothar Tuppen. Featured in the cast was Robert Lang as the introduction narrator, Matt Weller as Daxid, Bill Holweg as Lorak, Lothar Tuppen as Axelrak, Jack Ward of the Sonic Society as Ditterak, Janet Deiter as Princess Loden, Jason Hess as Guard 1, and Tanya Milosevic of Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind as Guard 2. The opening theme music was Global, Local, Personal from the album World in Flames and Sinestra from the album The Fall of Ragnaros, both by the Celestial Aeon Project. Closing music was Far Away from the album Fable, also by the Celestial Aeon Project. All other music by Lothar Tuppen. Cover art by Bill Holwig. Sound design, direction, and mastering by Lothar Tuppen. This presentation, as well as the scripts and characters therein, is copyright 2014 to Lothar Tuppen, and this recording is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. All other rights are reserved. Come back next month for episode two, when Lorak and Axelrak experience a Darin hospitality and unexpected alliances in Princess Loden's dungeons. Only from Broken Sea Audio Productions.
This is Jake Sampson, Monster Hunter. I don't always listen to old-time radio or podcast audio dramas. But when I do, I prefer BrokenSea.com. Stay listening, my friends. Buongiorno, I am Flaudio, and I am very interested in what makes audio drama work. I want to share with you my recipe for a perfect evening, an evening for two lovers, lovers of audio drama. When I plan an audio drama, I want to make sure that everything is perfect for us. The soundscape is the most important thing to set the mood for the night. When I lay in a special ambiance or sound effect, it is very important because it can express what I feel so perfectly. A sound effect can speak for the story when words just cannot capture the love I feel. Love I feel for you. When it is dark, I turn on the sound effects, I turn up the soundscape, and the voices can then dance in a perfect state of bliss, where there is no world except the one we make with our love. No time except what is needed for our story to play out. A story that we will make come true. This audio drama public service announcement was brought to you by the Amigos. The crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. The prison's name, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary, Manhattan Island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. This is the Broken Sea Audio production of Escape from New York. Coming 2009.
begins. You go in, find the president, and bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Let's get a new president. Trade Center dead ahead. Should be there now. <laughs> In 1963, Pierre Boulle's book, La Planète des Songes, known in English as Planet of the Apes, was published. In 1968, 20th Century Fox released Planet of the Apes as a major motion picture, creating a worldwide sensation that continues to this day. In 1975, Mike McCarthy, Tom McCabe, Michael A. Caulfield, and Bill Kenwright brought Planet of the Apes to stages in the United Kingdom. The history and script of which was preserved by Rich Handley of Hasline Books, Simeon Scrolls Magazine, and the Planet of the Apes Wikia site. In 2013, Broken Sea Audio, in arrangement with playwright Mike McCarthy, brings you the official audio drama adaptation of the UK stage production of Planet of the Apes. Don't move, human. Okay, okay, my hands are up. Silence, beast! Human, what do you want here? We are friends. We come in peace. Come in peace, have they? We shall soon see about that. Put them in a cage. Yes, sir! Move, beast! What? But we came in peace. In the cage. Human. segment of the Mutual Audio Network is brought to you by Mr. Biddle's Little Skittles. Love candy? Mr. Biddle has little Skittles, or bigger Skittles you can whittle, or middle Skittles that make good vittles. So diddle with the Skittles that are never a riddle, Mr. Biddle's Little Skittles, located between Katie Cootie's Kit Kat Cowler and Gnarly Nathan's Natural Necco Wafer Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> 